Hello, media critique chic followers. This is Borderline Latina, and I am taking over. Taking over with the current, latest, and or greatest topics in the realm of social justice, mental health, sexuality, anti-racism, and more. And, as always... This is unscripted, yet informed, by education, experience, theory, knowledge, etc. You get it. Now let's get into it. Ah, this episode is kind of a difficult one for me, an uncomfortable one for me. And I think it's because it's something that I don't necessarily talk about often. My connection to the Asian American Pacific Islander or AAPI community. So this episode is talking about taking over that Asian fetish, but I want to talk about just the relationships between people in the Black community and the AAPI community, Latinx community. Because I think it's important for us to have these conversations among people of color and how we kind of show up to support one another. So a little background about me, just a little bit. I grew up on the East Coast and relatively more culturally and racially diverse communities than maybe other areas of the United States, especially where I live now, AKA the South. Anywho, I think that my, actually I know that my upbringing and me being surrounded by people of different races, particularly immigrants, of different generations has definitely shaped my beliefs and values towards groups of people, other people of color, international people, immigrants. And it's actually really interesting to see me older now living in less racially diverse communities. I get to see how much important it is to be surrounded by people who are different from you, people who are outside of your race, your culture, how important it is to have those experiences growing up. Because one thing that has stood out to me is seeing how uncomfortable some people are, particularly white people are, when it comes to being in groups that are different than them, people of color. You can really see that there's this discomfort from them. And that is definitely informed by where they grew up. A lot of white people grow up around white people. And it is not uncommon for them to not see someone of color until they're much older. And what I think is really interesting is that there is this kind of almost innate culture, although it is not innate, it's conditioned, it is socialized, to be uncomfortable and to fear the different. And so I see that especially now interacting with folks, particularly white folks who have not been surrounded by people of color or other differences. For today's episode, I'm focusing on race and culture, but that can apply to other different scenarios. So why am I saying this? 
because being around less culturally diverse communities, I have experienced a loss. So let me hand it to you this way. I'm just gonna give it to you straight what I typically do when I enter a new town or a city experience. I move or I visit the place. I feel like I'm not the only one that scans for other people like myself. So when I do a first scan, you know, you look to see how many white people there are. There's usually a lot more white people than any other race or culture. But then I also look and I scan and I scan first for my black folks, my Caribbean folks, my Latinx folks. Absolutely. And then I also scan, if I don't see any of that, I scan for AAPI folks as well, immigrants and etc. And I go down the line. So I've noticed and I've lived in cities where one city in particular where usually in all the places that I've lived up into where I'm living now, there's always been at least as many people of the AAPI community as black folk um, and or Latinx folk. But it wasn't until I wanna say one particular state that I lived in, which was on the East Coast, but is a kind of a, a swing state, but I lived in the more quote unquote liberal side of the state. But anywho, that was the first time I experienced that there was a little bit less of an Asian community a presence in there. And I felt that almost immediately, but it was like one of those things where I didn't want to go and be like, where, where are all the Asian people at? You know? Um, and it was interesting having an experience with a person. I was out, you know, hanging out with some classmates and one of my white female classmates says to me, I guess she looks out the window and she sees two people of Asian descent walk by and she goes, wow, that's a lot of Asian people. Or like, this place has a lot of Asian people. And I was like, I almost wanted to say to her, like, those are the first two Asian people I saw in, like, months. Uh, so, so it's very interesting. And it could be for her, like, after learning, because we learned about our, um, our hometowns and the demographics of our hometowns. And a lot of times we don't have time to do this. We don't look up the demographics of our town. And so that was a very enlightening activity to do. And she was part of one of those people that had, like, maybe 80 or 90 or 95% white and so for her, that probably was a lot of people. But for me, I'm like, no, there should be lots and lots and lots more. So let's take it back to this topic of the Asian fetish or, you know, relationships of other with other people of color. I have been a consumer of Asian media for quite some time now, particularly in the international dramas I have consumed I want to say since 2015 I've been a regular consumer of Asian dramas particularly Taiwanese and Japanese but mainly Taiwanese drama and that was just me kind of seeing something on Hulu and then one thing led to another and then I got Vicky and it, it was you know from there it was um and definitely i would love to get into the k-dramas i'm afraid to get into k-dramas i've seen one or two but i'm afraid once i start i will probably have to quit my job because it's so good like that's like a staple when you think of dramas asian dramas i feel like k-dramas is like people are like you have to consume this yes i completely agree it has to be like an extended vacation or sabbatical before i can do that so I've always liked watching those dramas and as someone who is of 
my background and my ancestry, I have grown up listening to different languages. So I, I'm very comfortable with listening listening to like people that speak languages other than English that I sometimes can or cannot understand. And that's okay with me. I think that probably made it easier now that I'm looking back on it on how easy it was for me to just consume international media. I mean, it was something that I was used to. I was used to people speaking different languages, mainly through music, but also through like, you know, TV shows or movies and stuff like that. So it was pretty easy for me to jump into the international train. You know, with the subtitles, obviously it made things easier for me because I wouldn't understand otherwise, but it was something that I enjoyed because that, that was something that I was exposed to younger, you know, with Jamaican music, reggae, reggaeton, Spanish music, and all that. So it was something that I've been always exposed to. Anyway, going back to this. So that was kind of my main stint in international dramas, but I've also, you know, in the beginning, Earlier than that, not as much, but there have been a couple times that I've seen some movies or something, you know, I try to balance it, you know, maybe consciously or subconsciously of watching, you know, folks of color, TV shows and movies and stuff like that. I enjoyed watching the Joy Luck Club. When Crazy Rich Asians came out, I was excited because at that point I had watched it was a couple of years of me watching consistently international dramas, and I like how it was refreshingly different tales in the kind of quote-unquote standard canned American films that you can think of. So I was really excited to have something domestic that I can actually go into a movie theater and experience it with someone as opposed to looking on like some website, you know what I mean? I feel like sometimes it's hard to consume international stuff because you have to go to a very specific website. It's not re readily available. So why do I struggle with this Asian fetish? I struggle personally with the fine line of being someone who appreciates different cultures and wanting to engage in it, particularly, you know, I'm a fan of entertainment media, that's why I'm taking over this podcast. But I, I struggle with in entertainment, enjoying the entertainment aspects of those different cultures and not fetishizing it. I feel like it is important for us to understand that when we're consuming these media, these different types of media, it is a very specific focus. Um, even though we can have diversity in the cast, like say for America and stuff like that, a lot of times it ends up in stereotypes and it doesn't tell the whole story. Just because we see these certain scripts play out or these shows play out in America, that doesn't mean that is that is like the way that most people date or many people date, right? So I kind of have to extend it to Asian media too, right? Like there probably, there are, I should say there probably, there are certain tropes that play out and that doesn't necessarily, it's not reflective of how everyone feels or navigates the world. And there are certain aspects of the Asian media and culture, depending on what type of particular media you're consuming that is very sexualized and very fetishized. And I would be lying if I didn't say, like, for example, let's talk about the music industry, consuming K-pop. I don't watch K-drama, but I definitely consume K-pop for probably almost 10 years now. Well. I'll just say the year. I think it was 2012, 2011 is when I started listening to it exclusively. Wait, I just want to say I knew about BTS years before it, it, they were as popular now. So 
little brag but just to say even that right there when it comes to k-pop bands there is a specific type of like icon like you can see like when you see a boy band member they typically look a certain type of way and that way becomes sexualized and fetishized it's like this is the person i want to consume and be based on all these kind of stereotypes or beauty standards of like this is what beauty is supposed to look like and so i know that i definitely feed into that when i fangirl uh certain asian pop stars or famous people and i have to kind of step back and say like am i liking this person you know for the way they look and the way that they could you know they contribute to the world via arts and entertainment or am i saying that i like asians because i want a specific look it's one thing and i i was reminded by watching a video on youtube about this that we can't just say oh i'm not looking at you i'm looking at your soul or something like that it's okay to like someone because they're asian but asian and something right like it's one thing it's like okay you were fr- you became friends with me because i'm black and something something like you can't really separate the two so it's like I kind of struggle with finding that balance, right? Like finding people attractive and stuff like that. But even so, I mean, the idea of finding particularly Asian men attractive is something like in American society rarely becomes a, a subject of a TV show or something on the media, right? Um, for so many different reasons that I would love to get into the history of that, Asian men tend to be uh, feminized. Um and seen as unattractive and which is just terrible right that's that stereotype and asian women on the other hand tend to be sexualized and pacified at the same time like submissive they're supposed to be seen submissive and but then they're also ultra sexualized too and those are on stereotypes right that if we consume that we just assume that the tropes that we see our main characteristics that everyone is then we fall into the trap of liking people because of these stereotypes and not who the person is as a holistic person so how do we kind of overcome this i think being exposed to and building relationships with people of different backgrounds you know the more that you're kind of interacting with people you can see that there is great diversity into how people identify within the same community um i talk about arts and entertainment because this is an arts and entertainment show but in education and learning about other people's cultures is important as well and that's a lot of work that needs to be done on your own and not relying on that person of color to educate you and in light of all the terrible things that have been happening relatively recently when we think of anti-asian violence because of the coronavirus um but you know it would be very short-sighted to say that this is something that is just unique to now i mean historically there has been anti-immigrant anti-asian violence anti-immigrant violence you know xenophobia is something that's been long-standing for the longest of times um and we have definitely seen yes a, a surge and an increase of anti-asian violence specifically in terms of coronavirus covid-19 because it's new specific to these past two years but the the hatred and the racism towards asian and other people of color has been long standing but i say this as a person who 
I guess, well, my connection is, I mean, obviously an appreciation of the of the media and stuff. I'm, I'm a fan of arts and entertainment, so I'm going to see from different cultures because I think it's important for different people's stories to be seen and to be heard and consumed. I like educating and experiencing myself in different things and enjoying it. But I think it's also important to know that um, it's hard when you see something affecting a community. It, it's not just unique to that community. It's to all. And as someone that has been experiencing the, you know, anti-black and brown violence, historically, this is affecting our communities, it's affecting people that we know, it's affecting us personally. I wouldn't want that to happen to anyone else. So it, it's two things, right? It's it's the, I don't, and I feel like most people kind of gravitate to that first part. Like, well, I've seen it happen to me, or I know people that I know, my family members, in, in my community, I don't want it to be the same for other people. I would not wish that pain on anyone. But then also the idea that if this is happening to a specific group in our community, like that's a terrible thing that affects us all. Just the fact that certain groups are being targeted for their specific identities in itself should be like something that is just like, wow, us as a community should be pissed off. And I think it goes back to self-interest. It goes back to white supremacy, white privilege, knock, knock on these terms in the door. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot easier for people and in the majority culture to not pay attention to those things because they don't happen to them. It's very easy to not know or be aware because it hasn't happened to them. Out of sight, out of mind. But I think it's important for us as a community, as as, as a whole, you know, regardless of your race and your culture, to understand that if people are being targeted for their specific identities, that's a terrible thing for all of us. Because then who is safe? That's one thing. But then also just the fact that human beings are hurting for their particular identities is something that should be alarming. There we go. That's the word. Alarming for all of us. So going back to this main idea, it's a complicated history and it's something that I still navigate to, right? If I am attracted to certain aspects of people, is it because I'm attracted to certain tropes or stereotypes or am I attracted to the person as a whole and everything that they, everything that makes up them? Uh, so I still hope that I can be in my very different ways in my day job to be helpful to people of color. Um, and then outside of my job to be someone that can interact with many different types of people, because I think that's how we bond and, and form communities. We can't just be sticking to the same people. First of all, I think that's kind of boring and short-sighted, right? We need to be exposed to different views of the world. I like acquiring knowledge. I like learning about different things and expands the way that we know and relate to others. So that is how I conceptualize this. And this whole thing may sound like a mess. And it is a mess because it's messy and it's sloppy, but human relationships are messy and sloppy. And I think if we have these com these conversations about these things, be helpful for all of us so that is my take on that this has been borderline latina takes over see ya when i see ya